Alrighty, everybody. Good morning, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. We're going to be putting a bow on the AFC North today with the Pittsburgh Steeler podcast for the upcoming season. And Wiz, somehow again, they pulled it out at the end of the season, uh, almost made the playoffs, had a winning record. Kenny Pickett had a much better second half of the season. I think you're for Pittsburgh Steeler fans, Wiz. There is a little bit of enthusiasm coming into this current season. Yeah, they look a lot better <clears throat> coming to the year on the offensive side of the football. And uh, we'll get right to Kenny Pickett. Um, by no means is Kenny Pickett going to be drafted in any formats as quarterback one. But if you're in a super flex league where you start two quarterbacks uh, or you want a backup quarterback for the season, um, I'm okay with Kenny Pickett as my quarterback too. Uh, right around, I guess, you know, 18 to 20 at the position. Uh, you have different thoughts on Kenny Pickett? Are you with me about not being quarterback one, but kind of okay with him being a uh, second quarterback? Uh, so let, let's start with this. I, I think this is an offensive coordinator in, in, in Mr. Canada who has struggled with his play calling, uh, struggled with his offense. And you know, there were definite growing pains last year. Now, the Steelers were a dead last offense in the first half of the season. Uh, however, in the second half of the season, Wiz, this offense was actually ranked in the top 16 of all teams. So they managed to score six or seven, six and a half points more than they did in the first half. Kenny Pickett got more comfortable. Uh, look, there's a lot of growing that still needs to be done with Pickett. Uh, there was some concerns about this player coming out of college in terms of his hand size and all that sort of stuff. He only threw seven touchdowns with his nine picks. Uh, can run the football. But again, it's a, it's now a second-year situation. He gets to come into the season as the starter, so no question marks about it. So hopefully he will continue to develop. There is talent all around him. This is a better offensive line. So I think to your point, in, in kind of those super flex leagues, would I, would I have a problem drafting a guy like Kenny Pickett as a, as a quarterback that could potentially have some upside? Absolutely. Um, but, you know, again, it – this is an offense that struggled in the first half of the season, but made significant strides as the season went on last year. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. And uh, well, one, one thing was this is amazing though. The, the, they only had like we we talked about the Bengals having fifty touchdowns. The Steelers only had twenty eight touchdowns last year. Only one team in the NFL, the Colts, had less touchdowns. That, yeah, that is obviously to compete in that division where you have. <laughs> players, as you mentioned, as efficient as Joe Burrow, that's going to have to improve. But it, it, it could improve. I, I have to think that Pickett's going to be better. And he really is a good runner, and you may see a little bit more of that uh, this upcoming season. Um, Najee Harris is a terrific player, and the only thing, in my opinion, that keeps him outside of running back one where I don't feel sure that he's one of the 12 best fantasy football running backs is Jalen Warren. Uh, it's not that Najee Harris isn't a good player, but Jalen Warren looks so good. And I, I just feel they have to get him the ball and they're going to get him the ball. So maybe the volume will be cut, especially in the passing game. So Najee Harris is kind of on the cusp of running back one, but I think I prefer others in that spot. Uh, agree, disagree, or kind of it's a little murky? So, agree. Uh, so, I, it, Najee Harris is a big guy. He's over 235 pounds. 
Uh, in his rookie year, he caught 74 balls. That, that was a difference maker in terms of fantasy, in terms of why he had such a strong performance as a rookie. Uh, that took a huge step back in terms of catches, and Jalen Warren was part of it because last year, uh, Najee Harris only caught 41 balls. Uh, Jalen, Jalen Warren, I think, just shy of 30 balls. And that's and I, I expect that to continue. If not, I, I expect that to even grow higher. Jalen Warren will be, become a bigger part of this offense. And by the way, he averaged a full yard more per carry uh, rushing attempt than Najee Harris did. Najee Harris for his career is 3.85 yards a carry. Jalen Warren in his rookie year, 4.8 yards. So different type of player, more of a scat back for sure. But I think they're going to find ways to put the ball in Warren's hands even a little bit more. Uh, so for that reason, I think I take a little bit of a different view on 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 uh, Najee Harris's value coming into this season was. Right, and <clears throat> I look at Jalen Warren, and uh, <clears throat> I have no problem with somebody who wants to excuse me, draft him as a flex player. I think he's his, um, he warrants that. Uh, and then you have the upside where if something were to have happened to Najee Harris, he would move up the rankings way up, skyrocket. So so you look at Jalen Warren, if I hear you correctly, Jalen Warren in your eyes is not a quote-unquote handcuff. He's absolutely not a handcuff. I, I kind of like, it, it's kind of, it's kind of, like A.J. Dillon, uh, where he may be the second most valuable fantasy running back on on their respective teams, but uh, I have no problem drafting Jalen Warren, using him as a spot starter, um, and then you have the upside and potential of doing some big things if something would happen to uh, Najee Harris. All right, very good. So let's move on to the receiving core, Wiz. And uh, I think Deontay Johnson, uh, who in the past has been considered one of the more interesting wide receivers. He had problems with drops with Ben Roethlisberger. And last year he had a problem getting in the end zone, uh, despite the fact that he was targeted often and caught a lot of footballs. Zero touchdowns, 85 catches. And zero touchdowns. Hard to do. Uh, George Pickens is on the other side of the field, and he's the down-the-field threat. He's a rookie uh, last year and had a very, very good year as a rookie. Uh, over 800 yards receiving. Talented player. They bring in Allen Robinson, who was a complete bust last year with the Rams. Calvin Austin's going to attempt to get to, uh, get on the field this year after dealing with injuries after being drafted out of Memphis. So an interesting receiving core. I've heard that they're look. I haven't seen it yet, but it looks like Allen Robinson's going to play some slot here. Um, I, I, I don't know. Is this is this is a receiving core where on the surface it looks like there's talent for sure, but nobody was able to break above the 900 yard receiving area. Yeah, and I think it's I think it's kind of going to be similar to this year where you know the two top receivers are, are both very good but because of each other because of the tight ends that are going to catch the ball as well it's difficult to make put them either one of those receivers inside the top 25 <clears throat> at the position so kind of have both um <clears throat> Deontay Johnson and Pickens wide receiver two wide receiver three-ish I have no interest in and in, at all in Allen Robinson in any formats uh Calvin Austin I'm going to keep my eye on because He's one of these players that so much potential, and if he gets an opportunity, um, I think I think he could be effective. So I'm going to keep my eye on Calvin Austin, but um, you know those are my views on the running on the receivers, where I think both are good, 
<clears throat> both Johnson and Pickens are wide receiver uh, starters in fantasy football, wide receiver. I'm keeping my eye on Calvin Austin. Do you have a strong preference one way or another between Deontay Johnson and George Pickens? Yeah, you know, I, I was an owner with Pickens in a couple of leagues last year. I like the down-the-field ability. I like the playmaking ability. I, I, I guess if I had to, if you gave me a choice, mm-hmm. I would lean a little bit more Pickens than, than Deontay Johnson. But Deontay Johnson, in terms of volume, blew away George Pickens in terms of volume. Blew him away. Yeah, yeah. But it seems that could get closer with Pickens' second year in the offense and the fact that both players were rookies, both the quarterback and receiver were rookie, you know, uh, young players. And you think there's a high likelihood that that could get closer this year. Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, Tight end, uh, I will tell you this, Fryermuth was a player I owned in a number of leagues. I thought he would take the step up, and he did. Uh, Unfortunate part of that is he didn't catch a lot of touchdowns, only two uh, but he was a high-volume guy uh, in terms of his ability in this offense. He was the second second most targeted player in the offense and caught the second most balls. Uh, I think the one little wrinkle here, which is a, a little bit complicated, is the fact that they Steelers went out of their way to move up in the draft in, in the third round, draft Darnell Washington out of Georgia, who is an absolute monster. Uh, and, you know, from a red zone perspective, that, that has to further hurt Mr. Fryerbooth. Yeah, I, I, mean, I think what Donovan Washington is going to be used is, as you mentioned, in the running game, he's a big, big guy, and they're going to use him as a run blocker. And as well, he, he's, a, he's a terrific target, and he's going to be used in the red zone, so he may vulture a couple of touchdowns from Fryermuth. But in terms of catches, um, when you watch Pittsburgh play, it just seems like Pickett has a lot of confidence in in, uh, in uh, Pat Fryermuth. So, um I have him inside uh, the top 12 at the position, closer to 12 than, you know, the closer to the bottom half at the position. But uh, he could get some touchdowns vultured. But I, I still am okay with if I leave a draft and I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I, def, and I draft Pat Fryermuth as my overall tight end. Uh, do you, are you so concerned with Washington where you don't have Fryer move inside the top 12 at the position? No, I, I didn't move him out of the top 12, but he's probably at the back end of it for me. Yeah, I think I think that is fair. And, uh, uh, anything else you wanted to add, or we wanted to get to just the kicker in the defense? Yeah, let's move to the kicker in the defense, because the kicker they've spent a lot of money on in the past, and that's Chris Boswell. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, was as good a kicker as he is, he's kicking in one of the toughest stadiums, and the opportunities just aren't there. So Chris Boswell is a no-go for me. Uh, the Steelers broke a streak where I think uh, something like five or six years in a row they had over 50 sacks. That was not the case last year. This is a defense that is changing, but it rolls when T.J. Watt is on the field and when he's not. It's a whole other story. They brought Patrick Peterson over uh, to add a little bit of depth, but I, I don't know. T.J. Watt is the difference maker in this defense, and without him, uh, they certainly felt uh, the effects of that when he was not playing last year. Yeah, there's, there's 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 no there's no question about that. I mean, he's a one man, literally a one man uh, wrecking crew, uh, and you know it's a it's a good mixture with Mika Fitzpatrick back there, who's capable of ball walking and getting you some interceptions. Joey Porter Jr. now uh, is there as well. So uh, the whole thing is they're two completely different. They're, they're two completely different defenses based on one player. So 
T.J. Watt is there. Uh, I'm okay with drafting the Steelers, uh, but that player, just the way he plays, the physical way he plays, how how much he gives, he doesn't take a play off. It lends itself sometimes to missing games, and in those situations, you kind of want to avoid the Steelers because you know the pass rush is not going to be there. So I'm okay with drafting the Steelers defense, but I think you have to have like another defense in mind as well. Yeah, yeah, that sounds fair. That sounds fair. Again, over the years, right? You know, you get kind of in these. I think historically, right, the Ravens and Steelers were almost a guaranteed top ten defense, right? Over the years, that's that's become a little bit less the case. And but the but also that lends itself because this division is a lot better offensively, right? So that's the dynamics of the division have changed a lot, which certainly has changed the trajectory of the defense as well. Yeah, that's fair. I mean. When you when you draft the fantasy football defense, you have to think about: Is the offense going to be competent? Are they going to keep the defense off the field? Are they going to um, make mistakes and give the other team easy scoring opportunities? The perfect example of that was what went on with that Tampa Bay defense with Jameis Winston, and then Tom Brady was there. You take it down the defense, and you know there's going to be a big upgrade because. The quarterback and the offense are not going to, you know, commit silly turnovers and put the defense in bad situations. Yep. Bang on, Wiz. Bang on. So that's going to wrap it up for the AFC North. We'll start with the South next. But uh, nice job as always, Wiz. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Again, make sure you're subscribing. Wiz, enjoy the rest of the weekend, and we will talk next week. You got it. You do the same.